0: God is. Part of that's the Christmas story. And so many kids, and maybe some adults, uh, look forward to the tree and to the presents and and all that, and, and all that's good. But there's something about this amazing gift that if we look at it, well, it just never, ever gets old. Jesus is the light of the world. And last week, we began our Christmas series looking at this light which brings comfort and encouragement for the journey. Literally gives each one of us hope. This week, this week, light exposes so that we might come to a peace, a relationship, with God and with each other. You see, light exposes, exposes broken relationships. You know our story, which was so beautifully told to us by our children. Well, today we're going to focus in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 6 and going through about verse 14. In the scriptures, it tells us that while Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, While they were there, Joseph literally was making a pilgrimage back. By law, he had to do that. He was bringing his, well, very, very great with child, fiancé slash wife. So many of you know the story of how the angel came to Mary and, and surprised her actually shocked her and literally said, Hey, uh, Mary, I've got an assignment for you. It's an amazing assignment. No one else is ever going to get this assignment, but the assignment is is that you're going to be the mom of the Messiah. There's going to be a baby growing in you, and, and this baby is going to be born, and it's going to be a special baby. It will be God in the flesh. So the scriptures tell us that while they were in Jerusalem, Mary got extremely uncomfortable. In fact, more than uncomfortable, she looked at Joseph and said, It is time. And they, well, tried to find a spot. And as so many of you know, the only spot, the only spot from the elements that they could shelter themselves was a, well, a barn. Or a cave. Or a place where animals basically lived and basically where they ate. But the scriptures tell us that that very night that Jesus was born, the shepherds were shepherding, just like every other night. This was not a new night or a fresh night for any of them. It was a night, though, that they saw was so very, very different. All of a sudden, the night lit up. And all around them, the God of creation exposed himself. His glory shone all about him. And at that time, the scriptures again, as we even heard beautifully by our children, is that an angel showed up and if you're watching sheep and if it's really dark and if you're dozing off and then all of a sudden the light of god fill the sky you've got well their attention and this angel came and literally looked at them and said hey hey don't be afraid don't be afraid Well, that's easy for you to say, Mr. Angel, because right now the lights are going crazy. We've never seen anything like that. Look at the sheep. What is going on? Well, realistically, don't be afraid because I've got a message for you, a message of hope, a message that's going to rock your world. I'm going to bring you good news. The Messiah has come. Actually, the bringer of peace has arrived. And then, a host of heavenly beings begin to praise God, saying, Glory to God in heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please Him. That was quite the announcement. Peace available to Everyone. You see, the Messiah came to bring peace. The Messiah came to literally bring shalom. Many of us in our culture, at least at this time, we don't get the word shalom. The shalom that God brings is big. It's wonderful. It's glorious. In fact, I'd like you to watch a clip. Maybe it'll help you understand a little bit what shalom actually means.
1: The word peace is common in most languages. People can talk about peace treaties or times of peace. It means the absence of war. And in the Bible, the word peace can refer to the absence of conflict, but it also points to the presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And in the New Testament, the Greek word is erene. The most basic meaning of shalom is complete or whole. The word can refer to a stone that has a perfect whole shape with no cracks. It can also refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps and no missing bricks. Shalom refers to something that's complex with lots of pieces that's in a state of completeness, wholeness. It's like Job who says his tents are in a state of shalom because he counted his flock and no animals are missing. This is why shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Like when David visited his brothers on the battlefield, he asked about their shalom. a time when God would make a covenant of shalom with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that's been broken. This is why Jesus' birth in the New Testament was announced as the arrival of Erene. Remember, that's the Greek word for peace. Jesus came to offer his peace to others, like when he said to his followers, my peace I give to you all. The apostles claimed that Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the dead. The idea is that he restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creator. This is why the Apostle Paul can say Jesus himself is our Irene. He was the whole complete human that I am made to be but have failed to be. And now he gives me his life as a gift. And this means that Jesus' followers are now called to create peace. Paul instructed local churches to keep their unity through the bond of peace, which requires humility and patience and bearing with others in love. Becoming people of peace means participating in the life of Jesus who reconciled all things in heaven on earth, restoring peace through his death and resurrection. So peace takes a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. True peace requires taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness, whether it's in our lives, our relationships, or in our world. And that's the rich biblical concept of peace.
0: The Messiah came, taking what is broken and restoring it to wholeness, first with God and then with others. The Jews, as so many of you know, back in that first century, thought the Messiah, or whenever the Messiah would come, well, the Messiah would bring this political peace. And ultimately, Jesus will do that, well, in the end times. But the announcement was about the Prince of Shalom who takes what is broken and restores it back to wholeness. You see, the manger itself is a symbol of reconciliation. Our relationship with God is broken. The Bible calls that sin. You can call it rebelliousness. You can call it living your life without God, but the truth is way back in the garden when God, well, gave some special people, both Adam and Eve, paradise, and said, hey, I want to walk with you. I want to encourage you. I want you to do your assignments, and I want you to live abundantly. I just want you to listen to me. Well, they didn't, and neither have we. And when we don't listen to God, our relationship with God is broken. And it hurt God. Because God desired deeply, whether we understand it or not, that he wants a relationship with each one of us. Not just kind of a casual relationship, but an intimate relationship. And that's why Jesus came. Jesus came as a babe. To grow up and to show us who God is because he was God. And to be able to ultimately go to the cross and spread his arms and spill his blood so that you and I might be restored. Not just for eternal life, although it's amazing and it's forever, but abundant life right now. We can be reconciled with God through faith. We can have shalom with God. God loves and gave so we can be reconnected with God. It's perhaps the greatest of all the messages of Christmas. In Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have Shalom with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. You see, reconciliation with God enables us to be reconciled with each other. By God's grace, we can love because we've been loved. And by God's grace, we can be peacemakers and forgive because that's what Jesus did for us. The Apostle Paul says this amazing thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, looking at verse 18. He says this, And all of this is a gift of God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task, our assignment, of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling, making peace with the world. No longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us, those who are part of his family, this wonderful message of reconciliation so that we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ, who had never sinned, be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ, through his sacrifice, through his death. You see, having peace with God, because we put our faith and trust in Jesus, he paid our debt, gives us a title, it does, ambassador and an assignment go represent me wherever you go you see ambassadors represent god and give good news they point people to the prince of shalom peace with god enables us to have peace and actually be peace or be at peace with others you see, the scriptures all the way throughout talk about harmony. Talk about, well, opportunity for believers to live differently than maybe neighbors or co-workers. Because there's conflict everywhere. There an a doubt. But what the good news is, is that we have the ability, those that know Jesus have the Spirit living in them and are able to be kind when others are not kind to you and are able to forgive even when they don't deserve to be forgiven because we have the Spirit of God living in us. In Psalm 133, verse 1, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live, in, or live together in harmony. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see God. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. To bring about shalom. You see, the truth is this. Is that families always experience conflict. There are. There are times you wish you had a different mother, a different father, or wish, you, you know, your brother wasn't around. You'll even extend that, and sometimes you look in, this is family time, and so we, we kind of look at some of our extended family, and you're so grateful that you only have to see them once a year. But we're also family here. We're community right here. And God gives each one of us an opportunity to restore relationships quickly. You know, families experience conflict. But families don't have to live in conflict. At least those that walk with God. One of the things, again, that as you walk with God, what you find out? And I think every one of you have seen this. You want to keep short accounts. If someone has hurt you or you have hurt them, you want to be able to say, I'm sorry, so very, very, very quickly. You don't want to wait because, really, the Scriptures talk about waiting and allowing grudges just to be able to be built. But Jesus came to bring shalom for us and that we might be able to extend shalom to others it's asking for forgiveness and it's extending forgiveness because in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 Jesus says forgive others just like i have forgiven you the lord taught us to pray father Forgive us our debts, our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. So you see, this is unbelievable news that Jesus the Messiah came to restore all of mankind, to bring shalom, to heal what was broken, to be able to be in relationship, but also to be able to say, once you're part of God's family, you get to be shalom bringers to others. To be quite honest, not only this community, but your households should really, really look so very, very different than every other place on earth where grudges are held and forgiveness is conditional that's just not how God works honestly as a pastor I get involved in a lot of family conflicts I just do and maybe it's because I have conflicts in my family And I get to approach some of this and remind people of God's grace and God's purpose. But so many times as we look at things, they're so small and trivial, the things, well, that we get upset about. Some are huge, I get it. But the beauty of this is that Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago to first restore a relationship with each one of us so that we might be ambassadors and share with others the good news. You know, one of the things that I do every single day, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a God follower, I pray different prayers. I pray the pattern prayer and figure again, Lord, you taught us how to pray. And I, I say it slowly. And I listen to my words. But one of the other prayers that I pray is the prayer, well, at least attributed to St. Francis. And in this prayer, St. Francis starts off just saying this, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Make me an instrument of your shalom. Father, when I go out into the world, I want to be a peacemaker and a peace proclaimer. That's one of my assignments. In fact, what I'd like to do is play another clip for you. If you've never, ever well, seen this verse or read this verse or, or this, this prayer, um, you might be interested, especially at the last part. So many of us have focused on the first part. But can we play that, please?
2: Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred... Let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is error, the truth. Where there is doubt, the faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master,
0: As I pray this prayer, I honestly I just get excited. God, you've given me the opportunity to be your ambassador today. And where where there's hate, God, could could I bring love? And, And where there's despair, Father, could I come and be your representative and bring hope? And and Lord, And and you just and so all of a sudden you look at your day and there's different opportunities that you see and that you have, and you're a mission with God. You know I'm so grateful that Jesus came two thousand years ago, and I'm so grateful I can be called a son of God, not because of well anything I've done. And I'm really grateful that every day that I get up. I have an assignment from God. Wow. Next week, I hope you join us. I know there's so many guests here and we're so glad you're here. But next week, I hope you join us. We're going we're to keep looking at the light of the world and focus a little bit on the joy that a relationship with Jesus brings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you bring shalom. That all the things that are broken, all the relationships that are messed up, that we have an opportunity, Lord, to live full and abundantly. And then someday, Lord, when we do close our eyes, Because of what you did for us, we will open them in your presence. And for eternity, forever and ever and ever, we will live with you and we will praise your name. And God, we will be awestruck. We love you. We love you. We are grateful, God, for all that you do. And know that not only angels get to sing, But we get this thing. In Jesus' name.